Thank you for downloading or streaming this message from Emmanuel Church. We are one church with multiple locations, and we believe God wants to bless you right where you are. In a few moments, you're going to hear some practical teaching from God's Word that I believe will be inspiring and relevant to your life. First, though, if you haven't yet experienced Emmanuel Live, we encourage you to go to our website, eclife.org, to check out our service times and locations so that you can experience Emmanuel in person or through our online campus. If this message blesses you and you'd like to support the ministry financially, again, you can go to eclife.org and click on the Giving tab and choose Online Campus at your campus. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope this message will be an encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. Well, hello, Emmanuel Church. How's everyone doing today? You guys look amazing. I'm so glad to be here with you. I, we are going to jump into week two of Traveling Live. But first, let me give a shout out to everyone who's watching online. I see you, kind of, sort of, you know what I mean? Up at Garfield Park and Banta right here in Greenwood. You guys are beautiful. Franklin and Seymour. We are now up to seven e-microsites that are meeting every single week. So shout out to you guys. Tara Hotes watching right now and then also it's fall break but we always know we have a bunch of new people so thank you new people can we give it up for all of our new people thank you again for being here today so we're going to dive into it but first uh, we as a church wanted to give you an update on everything that we are doing emmanuel church is doing to help the people down in florida impacted by hurricane ian it hit about 10 days ago so our senior leadership team pastor danny pastor rachel pastor kyle and jenny walters they were immediately on the phone going what can we do to help the people down there so you guys need to hear this because of your faithful giving and generosity we were able to give ten thousand dollars to midwest food bank how awesome is that oh but wait there's more so this past Wednesday, as God's sovereignty would have it, we actually launched an e-microsite in Sarasota, Florida, which is the heart of where the hurricane hit. And we have Matt and Amy Hab. They are down there uh, working their boots on the ground. We gave them $1,500 to go find families in need, organizations in need. So they're doing that. Not only are we helping people tangibly, but we also have people like Greg Carter, who's part of our Seymour campus, and he's part of the Walmart uh, response team. So he went down there. I talked to him yesterday on the phone. Get this. They said, he said that they have fed 35,000 people with the Walmart response team. And when I talked to him on the phone, he told me a story. He said, a, an older lady came up to me and she said, I can't get to my house. It's surrounded by water, but I'm really hungry. And she's like 80. Can I have something to eat? Like that is, I know we're all busy. We got all this stuff going on in our lives, but that's like real pain going on down there. And so I had a friend, Rob, he actually goes to the Greenwood campus. They were going to Sanibel Captiva for vacation. Well, they called the hotel. The hotel, this is what they told them. It may be a year before they reopen. So not only were lives lost, but businesses were affected as well. So what we want to do is just set aside just a moment right now just to pray for people down there. I think we all probably know someone impact. A lot of people live down in Florida. So will you just take a moment with me and let's pray for everyone down there. So Father, you are sovereign over all things. You knew the hurricane was gonna come. But God, with your sovereignty, you were also all powerful. You were also all knowing. God, I just pray that you press your presence and your power in the lives of those who are hurting right now. Give them a peace that surpasses understanding. You are near the brokenhearted and you bind up their wounds and so we're just asking you to do that in a powerful way. I pray for Matt and Amy Hab. I pray for Greg Carter. They are busy right now working with food banks and working with Walmart. God, I just pray that you give them an energy of an 18-year-old right now in this moment so that they continue to be the hands and feet 
of Jesus. We love you. Continue to bless. Thank you for our church that we are able to provide funds for people down there. In Jesus' name, amen. Be in continued prayer for the state of Florida. So we're in week two of a series called Traveling Light. The idea behind the series is that you and I carry things in life that we're not supposed to to carry, and it makes life just a little bit harder. Our theme verse behind the series is Hebrews chapter 12, verse one. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us in the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So life is hard enough as it is. Anyone ever ran a marathon before? I did once, about mile 20, I almost quit. I, I ended it, but I almost blew out my knees. It's hard, but if you had this, This luggage that we're carrying with us, it makes it even harder. Last week, we talked about the weight of worry. Incredible message by Pastor Danny. I struggle with worry. If you missed that, go back YouTube channel, check that out. This week, we're going to talk about the weight of bitterness. The weight of bitterness. So bitterness is probably the easiest and most difficult conversation to have. It's the easiest because every single one of us can relate. If you here at the Greenwood campus have ever navigated our parking lot after 11 o'clock service, you understand bitterness, which is the reason why we tell you to go to a campus near you. I'm not kidding. Also, if you're married for more than like, I don't know, a minute, you probably understand the nature of bitterness. Jesus knew that we would struggle with bitterness. Look what he says to his disciples in Luke chapter 17. Then he says to his disciples, It is impossible that no offenses should come. So he's like maybe weeks or months before headed to the cross and then headed to heaven. So he's giving a little pep talk. He's like, I'm just letting you know people are mean. They're going to hurt you. So you got to be ready. So it's the hardest conversation to have because I've had a lot of conversations with people here at Emmanuel Church and I hear their story and I'm like, wow, like forgiveness, dealing with bitterness, it's complicated. It's hard. I hear things like you don't understand what I went through. Like, you don't understand my story. My story is unique. And I hear you, but hopefully we can still figure out a way to get rid of this weight of bitterness. So this series, we're kind of giving you a little visual illustration of what it looks like to carry around weights in our lives, like the weight of bitterness. How about this? Hurtful words. Like, you remember what your stepmom said to you when you were 13, and it hurts. And you don't know what to do with that. So it's just another brick in our luggage. You've been betrayed. You had a spouse leave you. That's hard. Like, what do you do with that? And it's just another brick in our luggage. Gossip. Someone said some nasty things about you. And it still just is heavy on you. And it's another brick in our luggage. A bitterness. How about this? Bullied. Parents, you know that one in five students right now are being bullied? either cyber or physically, like one in five. When you're 15, year old, 15 years old, what do you do with that? Like that's really, really heavy stuff. How about this? Abuse. This is really heavy. Like it looks small, but it weighs about a ton. And some of you in the room know exactly what I'm talking about. Did you know that one in three women and one in four men will experience physical or sexual abuse in their lifetime? So with a room in Greenwood here, it's like 1,500 seats, and that's like 500 seats. That's like the size of our Franklin campus. Every single one of them deal with abuse. So what would you do with that? Like, that's heavy. So obviously, to combat bitterness, you got to have forgiveness, right? But 
for us to talk about forgiveness, I think a paradigm shift has to happen in our lives because if I had an open mic up here, which would be fun, but I, if you came up here and said, let me tell you what I think forgiveness is, I bet you we'd have a, a bunch of different definitions of forgiveness because I did in my life. So you guys know what a paradigm shift is, right? This is a definition of paradigm shift. It's a fundamental change in how we see the world. See, we all see the world differently. We see forgiveness differently. See, I see forgiveness one way because of how I went to church. You see forgiveness another way because of how your parents raised you. We all see forgiveness differently. So let me give you some paradigm shifts that have happened in our history. Did you know a couple hundred years ago that if you were sick and you went to the doctor, they would slice open your arm, bleed you out, and hopefully the disease would come out with it? You're like, what? Yeah, for real. Like if you had the flu and the doctor couldn't figure out, and they're like, go to the doctor, chop your arm off, bleed you out a little bit, and you're going to be better. You're like, that's crazy. Nope, that's how they saw the world. Ladies, did you know, Google this if you don't believe me, Women used to use dog urine as an anti-aging treatment. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yep. And I was thinking if Pinterest was around there, a little DIY, I can imagine just like buy cute puppy, collect urine, I don't know how. And then I, in my weird mind, I was like, well, you put down pee pads and then you wring them out and then you splash them on your face and you're 18 again. That, yeah, that's, I mean, you're like, what? That's crazy. Well, that's just how they saw the world. How about this? You maybe have seen this picture before. How many of you instantly see an old woman? Raise your hand. How many of you see a young woman right away? Well, you're looking at the same picture. See, the young woman is looking that way. The old woman, that's her nose and that's her chin. You see that? We're looking at forgiveness. We're both looking at it but we're seeing the same thing. Do you guys see the young and old? If I move the picture, some of you are gonna be mad. Like, I never saw the old woman. No, she's there, she's in there. So I had a paradigm shift in my life when I read this quote. Many authors and speakers have said something very similar to this, but I fig figured Tony Robbins would kind of give you a little umph behind it. So if you don't know who Tony Robbins is, he's like six foot seven, he's a motivational speaker. He has like a little trampoline backstage that he jumps on to get them all fired up. We need to get Pastor Danny one of those. And he is crazy. There's a Netflix special called I'm Not Your Guru. Uh, he uses salty language that is not approved by Emmanuel, just letting you know. But the guy's wild, all right? But when I saw he said this quote, I imagined him yelling at me and he said this and I go, really? He says, forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. And I, and I read that, I'm like, he's wrong. Like forgiveness is a gift you give someone else. You're like letting them off the hook, right? But turns out, it's a gift you can give yourself. Five love languages, receiving gifts. How many is that your number one gift? I love receiving gifts. I'm gonna give you guys a gift today, all right? First, let me tell you this though before we dive into how we get this gift of forgiveness. Let me tell you what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Whoever made up the line forgive and forget is not very smart because you can't just turn on and off memories. So some of us get hung up on, I just can't forget what happened to me. That's normal. You're not going to, all right? Forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not fair. Like both sides being equal, that's fairness. And you know and I know there are some things that happen to you, you'll never be fair. And lastly, forgiveness is not always reconciliation. I think sometimes we get hung up on, if I forgive this person, then we gotta you know, start the relationship again, or I gotta go to holidays. Boundaries is a whole nother conversation that maybe Pastor Danny can do one day, but you need to hear me right now. There are some people in your life that are no longer living that you need to forgive. See, 
Forgiveness is not always reconciliation. So what is forgiveness? Like, what is the act of forgiveness? I found this definition. It's actually based off the scripture. It's actually Jesus' definition of forgiveness. And it's this. The act of forgiveness is canceling a debt. But that makes sense. So someone stole your purity. Forgiving them would be canceling a debt because that's a debt they could never, ever pay back. Like someone marred your reputation. People think about you a certain way because of what they said. Like forgiving them, that'd be canceling a huge debt. You've had tons of sleepless nights thinking about what happened to you. They can never give you those nights back. It'd be canceling a debt. So I mentioned this is Jesus's definition of forgiveness because you know Matthew chapter six, it's the Lord's prayer. We talked about it last week. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our, some translations say debts, as we forgive our debtors. One of my favorite parables in the Bible taught by Jesus is Matthew chapter 18. You have homework this week. That's the parable that you gotta do on your own. But Jesus is teaching on forgiveness and he talks about a king canceling the debt of one of his slaves. See, we think about in Christian circles and we're at church, we're like, yeah, of course, like we're supposed to forgive. That's what Christians do. But did you know that forgiveness is actually in every single world, major world religion? Like the Book of Mormon talks about forgiveness. The Quran talks about forgiveness. Look what Gandhi says about forgiveness. An eye for an eye for an eye ends in making everyone blind. My point is talking about the whole world religions is God is wired in us to forgive. But maybe you're sitting here like, dude, I am not religious. I don't even know how I got to church today, but I'm not religious. Here's, here's let me tell you this. Inc. Magazine, it's a business magazine. There was an article a couple years called Forgiveness, a Key Tool for Business. Basically, if you have forgiveness wired into the culture of your company, you will be more profitable and more successful as a company. You're like, dude, I don't own my own business. I'm just a stay-at-home mom. How about this? John Hopkins Medicine says this about forgiveness. Forgiveness can reap huge rewards for your health, lowering the risk of heart attack, improving cholesterol levels and sleep, and reducing pain, blood pressure, and levels of anxiety, depression, and stress. Forgiveness can literally make you live longer. So let me tell you a little bit of my journey of forgiveness. So I grew up in the Greenwood area. I lived right off of County Line Road. My senior year of high school, we moved down south. I ended up in the state of Georgia in 2009, 2013. God called me in the ministry. My first month on the job, one of the elders at the church said, hey, come and meet me for lunch. He was a COO at a hospital in Athens, Georgia. Go dogs. They look good yesterday. Beat up on Auburn. But it's exciting for me. But so I went to Athens, Georgia at the Longhorn Steakhouse. And I kid you not. I sit down with him, his name's Jim, he's such a good dude, and he looked at me and he goes, hey, before we dive into lunch together, I got a question to ask you. And I was like, yeah, sure, what's going on? He goes, is there anyone you need to forgive? And I was like, that's the weirdest question that I have ever been asked in my life. And I was like, no, I think I'm good. And he's like, cool, all right, what's going on? Talk to me about life, and then we just moved on. Well, the problem was that I had this giant luggage of bitterness that I didn't know what to do, that I was pulling around everywhere. And I just kept that question, like the Holy Spirit just kept pushing on me. Is there anyone you need to forgive? Is there anyone you need to forgive? And I sat down with my journal, because that's what I do, two days later on my porch. And I said, God, is there anyone I need to forgive? And the names and faces of every single person that handed me a brick came to mind. And I was like, whoa, that's a lot. I didn't know there was that many bricks in there. And you know what I did? I sat there and I was like, Jesus, 
thank you so much for telling me about all my bitterness. I forgive them all. And my life has never been the same. Nope, knew what I did? I was like, absolutely not. You, I am not forgiving that person. They, I still live with the ramifications of the things they did to me. I will never forgive them. It is not fair. Do not ask me. And I still haven't forgiven them to this day. I'm just kidding. I have. Can you imagine if I was like, and now I'm going to teach you how to forgive. Let's go. <laughs> no, I, I, so what I did was I just dove into like understanding forgiveness because I knew I needed to. I just didn't know how. See, I think a lot of us want to. We don't know how. Check out what John Hopkins Medicine says. 62% of Americans wish they were more forgiving. So like in this room, 62% of you watching online, here all the way over here, you guys all want to be more forgiving. I don't know what your problem is over there. You guys don't want to be. But 62% of us wish we were more forgiving. And I'm going to pause real quick and just say this. 38% of Americans don't want to forgive. And I think I know why. Because you get to win every single argument. Like, for especially married couples. Like, you get to win every single argument if you never forgive your spouse. Like, remember when you, you win. And it's destroying your marriage. But that's just a side note. 62% of Americans wish they were more forgiving. So what I did was I just went in a deep dive. I read a ton of books. I, I studied a guy. His name was Dr. Everett Worthington. This is who Dr. Everett Worthington is. He's an expert on forgiveness. Doesn't he just look like a forgiving dude? <laughs> so he's a... Professor Emeritus at Virginia Commonwealth University. He has a staff position at Harvard. Needless to say, he's super smart. He's written over 40 books on forgiveness and 500 journal articles. He's dedicated his life to forgiveness. One of the things that really helped me that I want to give you guys as a resource, it's called The Path to Forgiveness. It's a workbook. If you look at your note sheets, there's a little QR code. If you're watching online, our Impact team members just put it in the chat. I walked through this and it's really, really, really helpful. So that's just a side note. But you may be sitting there like, what makes this guy an expert on forgiveness? So he's a follower of Jesus. He got saved in the 70s. And in the 80s and 90s, he just dedicated his life to researching and understanding the science behind forgiving. Okay, so take away the, the biblical aspect of it. He was just like, I'm going to dive in and understand it all. January 1st, 1996, his mom is at home alone. She parks her car in the garage and goes to bed early. So two teenagers didn't know that she was home. They break into their house. Mom wakes up, confronts them in the hallway, and they bash her head in with a crowbar and murder her. And they do unspeakable things to her. It's awful. Well, the next day, it gets worse. Her, his brother calls mom. He's not picking up the phone. I should go over and check on him, check on her. He goes in, finds her body five years later because of the trauma of the event, his brother commits suicide. So now you have a man who's dedicated his life to forgiveness. Now he has to forgive two teenagers that took two of his family members away. And, and when, I didn't even know this as I was researching for this message. I didn't even know this. My counselor called. He's like, did you know his story? And I was like, now I know why he's such a good author on forgiveness. And he talks about two things a lot. Decisional forgiveness and emotional forgiveness. See, like decisional forgiveness is pretty much everyone. If you're be honest, you're like, I know I should forgive. Like it's something we should do. The emotional forgiveness is where you and I get stuck. Like I said the words, I forgive them, but I hate them. Like I said the words, I forgive them, but when I see them in Kroger, I get this pit in my stomach and I get so mad and I go down another aisle. Like when I see them, I want to take a brick and I want to throw it at them. Like it, it hurts. And so we don't know how to get to the emotional aspect of forgiveness. And I figured out a way based off of scripture and a lot of what Dr. Everett Worthington's writings are. So that's what I'm going to share with you. So four ways to unload 
your luggage of bitterness. You ready? Let's dive in. I'll be fast. You got to take notes, all right? Number one, you got to remember how much you've been forgiving. Forgiven. You got to remember how much you've been forgiven. If you grew up in the Christian circles, your parent, if your parents were Christians, they probably said this verse to you. It's Colossians 3.13. Accepting one another, forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against one another. So basically, Paul's like, you got to forgive people. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Like, if you just sit on that for a second, like, there's not like this, if you sin a thousand times, Jesus is like, all right, bud, like, a thousand one, I'm done with you. Like, you know and I know that we can constantly keep going back to forgiveness. But there's something called the fundamental attribution error. You guys ever heard of that? I put it in there because it makes me sound super smart. That's the only reason. No, it's actually really good. The fundamental attribution error is this. It's a cognitive bias that causes us to attribute people's behavior to their character. So it, it, it sounds a little like this. The reason that he does the things that he does is because he is just nasty. Like that is just who he is. See, the reason that she does the things that she does is because she's pure evil. But then when it comes to us, come on. The reason that I did that, well, because of the circumstances surrounding the event that made me do that, it's really not my fault. See, the reason that I said the things I did, you don't understand my childhood. Like, come on, it's really not my fault. And we do that. But can we just be honest real quick and just lean in just for a second? This hurts. Like, it should have never happened to you. It's awful. But can we just be real? Garfield Park, Banta, you listening? You said some really hurtful words to your spouse this morning on the way to church. Like, oh, I, don't, I can't forgive that person because of the hurtful words. I say, you did it this morning. How about this? Gossip, that hurts. That was a brick. It should have never gone in your luggage. But can we just be real? You were gossiping about your boss last week. Come on. It's true. You may be sitting there like, I noticed you didn't pick up that brick of abuse because what happened to me is I've never done to anyone else. That's a great segue into number two. You ready? Choose to forgive. Simple as that. You got to make the choice to forgive. You didn't get to choose what happened to you, but guess what? You get to choose how you respond. There's a man named Viktor Frankl. If you've been at Emmanuel for some time, you've, you've heard this guy before. Pastor Aaron talked about him in July. Pastor Danny talked about him in three weeks. Viktor Frankl is one of the most fascinating humans that have ever walked the earth. He survived the Holocaust. His parents, his siblings, they did not survive the Holocaust. He had to bury bodies. It was awful. It was the worst evil in the history of the world, I think. And then he says things like this. The one thing you can't take away from me is the way I choose to respond to what you do to me. The last of one freedom is to choose one's attitude in any given circumstances. Someone that survived the Holocaust says that. He wrote a book called The Man's Search for Meaning. It's a fascinating book. You got to read it. But here's what I think Viktor Frankl is saying to you and to me right now. Someone stole my past and I'm choosing I'm not going to let them steal my future. And I think if he was standing right here, I think he would say, someone has stolen your past, undoubtedly. Someone gave you a brick. Don't let them steal your future. But I also think in Christian circles, sometimes we go, yeah, you were hurt. You got to just get over it. Or yeah, you were hurt. Like, you just got to forgive. Can I just say something real quick? What happened to you should make you angry. Some of you in the room, what happened to you, God, it made God angry. 
But you have to hear me right now. There is a shelf life to anger. Like we can't walk around angry all the time. And here's the shelf life. You ready? Paul talks about it in Ephesians 4. Don't sin by letting anger control you. I'm going to pause. John chapter 2. So you can get context of this. Jesus, he walks into the temple and there are people that are robbing poor people all in the name of connecting with God. And Jesus is ticked. He starts flipping tables. Translation, Jesus was angry. But here's the piece that, that Jesus never sinned. There was a shelf life to anger. You don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. You have till the end of the day to deal with this brick of bitterness in your life. So one of my favorite things as a parent, and it's, it's running out of time, but I love tucking my kids in at night. They're 16, 14, and 12. They probably roll their eyes every time when I come in there. It was wild when it was 6, 4, and 2. They were bouncing off walls, and you're threatening them, and you're having to read books. It'd be like a whole hour thing. It's a little easier now. Thank goodness. But one of the things that I do that, parents, I, there, there are so many voices right now in their heads, and I want to be the last words of love and encouragement in their minds and in their hearts. And one of the things I started about five years ago is I would go into their room and I would pray with them and, I've always, and I asked them this question, same question Jim asked me. Is there anyone you need to forgive? Is there anyone you need to forgive? And you know why I do that? Because when you're 16, 14, 12, those bricks add up really fast. So what I'm trying to do is get a habit, get them in the habit of ending their day choosing to forgive. When I lay my head down at night, I think through the, the day and guess what? People hurt hurt me all the time. Guess what I do? I'm going to choose to forgive. All right, here's number three. All right. I did not want to put this in there, but I'll show you why I had to. If you have a seatbelt in your seatbelt in your seat, put it on. All right. If you're watching the online campus, you're driving, leave your seatbelt on. You got to empathize with the person who hurt you. And now some of you are angry at me right now. You're like, seriously, like empathy for my ex-husband who left me with two kids under four for someone at work. Seriously? Like empathy for my stepmom who beat me my whole childhood. That's stupid. Hear me out. All right. Look at the definition of empathy. It's the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. And I really want to focus on that to understand. There are four words that I have heard before in my life. And I'm like, man, that holds a lot of truth. And the four words are hurt people, hurt people. You guys ever heard that before? Maybe you've heard hurting people, hurt people. But hurt people, hurt, per it, hurt people, hurt people. It's so true. And what I've realized in my life is that every single person that hand me a brick, they were hurt themselves. Every single time, hurt people, hurt people. And the reason why I had to include this is because in one of Dr. Everett Worthington's 40 books. It's called The Five Steps to Forgiveness, The Art and Science of Forgiving. This is kind of more like a textbook read, but when I was doing the research for this message, I came across this and I was like, well, I'm including it. So if you don't like it, talk to Dr. Everett Worthington. He, but he says this, all right? In the introduction, I told you about our studies that compared empathy-based forgiveness with self-benefit-based forgiveness. Basically, he does research projects. So this is one of the research. He says this, People who forgave more and whose forgiveness lasted longer were those who felt empathy for the perpetrator. People who did not generate empathy or compassion toward the perpetrator did not forgive. Even people in the control group forgave if they were able to feel a sense of empathy for the perpetrator. Okay, and then he says this. We concluded that if a person did not feel empathy, he or she would not be able to forgive. 
We all want to get to that place where I actually say those words and I mean it and I don't hate the person anymore. You have to figure out this empathy piece. But maybe you're sitting there and you're like, that, that's just a research project. I'm like, I'm a Bible guy. So what does the Bible say? Did you know this? That Jesus used empathy to forgive. And there's a verse in Luke that I'm going to show you, but let me give you a little context to the verse real quick. The verse is Jesus is on the cross. But the context is 12 hours before that, Jesus was arrested. But you also have to know he's 33 years old. He dedicated his entire life to loving people. Like every moment of the day, it was for others. He was awesome. He was kind. He was gentle. They arrest him. They asked him a bunch of questions. They didn't like the answers. They punched him in his face over and over. So his face is probably black and blue. I don't have a long beard, but some guys do in the room. And they ripped out his beard. How painful that would be. They also put a crown of thorns on his head. And these aren't like little thorns. These are like huge thorns. And I can just imagine them pushing it on and like the skin flapping down and the blood pouring into his face. Well, after that, then they took him and they whipped him with a cat of nine tails and just shredded his back over and over. Then they laid him on a cross. You following me? They put nails in his hands and his feet. And then he says this. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. You're like, wow. Like when I read that verse, I've heard it before, but when you think of the context of it, you get, there's men down there making fun of him and casting lots for his clothes. He's like, Father, forgive them. Pharisees lied to him. They didn't know that I was the Messiah. Father, you were silent for 500 years. Maybe they really didn't know I was the Messiah. Father, forgive them. And maybe it looks like this in your life. Father, forgive my ex-husband for leaving me. He never had anyone show him what it was like to be a husband. Father, forgive my abuser. He was abused as well. Empathy is hard, but it's a game changer. Number four, our last point, you got to commit to the process. You got to commit to the process. I say it's a process because I, everything in us wants easy. Like people don't want a better life, they want an easier life. And so the process, come on, man, can't you just say the words and we're good? No, it's a process. Look what Jesus says in Luke chapter 17. So you remember when he says it's impossible that no offenses would come and then he gives this advice. So watch yourselves. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. Then if there is repentance, forgive. Even if that person wrongs you seven times a day, and each time turns you again and asks for forgiveness, you must forgive. Someone sent seven mean tweets to you. You're like, what? Seriously? I got to forgive them seven times? Yes, seven times. The apostle says to the Lord, I love this response. Oh, you're going to have to increase our faith. Seven times? Are you kidding me? Then, then uh, check out Matthew 18. This is funny because I love Peter. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? I guarantee you, Peter's like, I think I can do this. I can do seven times. This is Jesus' reply. Uh-uh, not seven times, 70 times seven. So how many math gurus do we have in the room today? How many times is that? 490 times. You know why I think Jesus said 490 times? One, because if you get to 491, you're not free. Like he's trying to make a point, like there's no end to forgiveness. But you know what also I think that he said 490? Because sometimes that brick that they gave you, it feels like it happened 490 times. It feels like it's happened 490 times. What do I mean? 
See, my wife and I, we live on a farm down in Seymour. We're the sixth generation to live on this farm, and we have sheep. We have a farm. We lose a lot of money on it, but we have a good time on there. But we got some sheep. And we have 20 female sheep. We had some males. They didn't make the cut. They're fine. They're not fine, but they're fine. You know what I mean? They're in a better place. So we have 20 female sheep. And this past Tuesday, we went to Cincinnati and we picked up a male. I've never seen a happier male all of Jackson County. Happiest guy you've ever seen. Got him off the trailer. He smiled at me, I think. But you know what? This is one of our sheep. You know what that little guy does all day? Goes out to the little pasture and eats it, eats the grass. But you know they're just like cows. They have four stomachs. So you know what they do? After about an hour, they go and lay in the barn and they spit up that grass and they chew on it. They spit it up again, they chew on it. They spit it up again, they chew on it. You know why it's so hard sometimes for us to forgive? Because something happened to you when you were 13 and you've been chewing on it for two decades. That's why it's so hard to forgive sometimes. We ruminate on it over and over and over again. God wants to take you to a new place. What have I said today? Four things to unload this luggage of bitterness. You gotta remember, you're not as good as you think you are. We are depraved humans. You gotta choose. End of your day, you gotta choose. End of your day, I'm gonna choose to forgive. Empathize. Here's what I would say this one more thing. Maybe just start asking questions. The person who hurt you, start asking questions about their childhood. And number four, you gotta commit. It's a process. One of the things on number four, I went to forgiveness therapy and I was with Jim and Susan and they sat with me and they led me through a prayer. And I remember I prayed the prayer and I was like, uh, I still feel the same. And they're like, yeah, that's normal. You're gonna do the same thing again tomorrow. And I was like, like pray the same thing again? He's like, yep. And they do it the next day and do it the next day. You know what I did? I did it for about a month. And finally, I kid you not, when I was praying for, to forgive them, I started praying for them. That emotional forgiveness finally took over. It's a process. I don't know if it looks like a month for you, but there's a process to it. So I want to end our time with the same question that Jim asked me. Is there anyone you need to forgive? So when I say that, you know and I know the Holy Spirit's been pushing on you. The business partner that stole a bunch of money from you, your stepdad, your aunt, your uncle. Like, who is it? Is there anyone you need to forgive? And I'm going to push this a little bit more because I do this sometimes. Pastor Danny, Pastor Cody, Pastor Aaron, they get up here and they give an incredible word every single time, practical handles. And we go, man, I go, this is what me, I, I know you don't, I do this. I'm like, man, that was so good. And I do nothing with it. Here's what I'm going to just push a little bit. If there's someone that God is placing on your heart to forgive, and they've actually asked you to forgive, before you get out of your seat, all of our campuses, watching at home, send them a text. Say, can I call you this afternoon? I also know that if you called some people and said, hey, I forgive you, you get blamed for it. Because I know how those conversations go. Here's what I'd give you advice on that. I would write a letter. And burn it. Maybe you're going to have to write that letter again. But keep forgiving. Keep forgiving. You got to commit to the process. So the summation of Jesus' ministry, you know what it was surrounded by? One word. You know what that word was? Forgiveness. Like Jesus came to forgive. He didn't come just to do some cool miracles. He didn't come, you know, to live a perfect life. He didn't come to die. Billions of people have died. He came 
to forgive. Look what Paul says in Colossians. You were dead because of your sins. Translations, we're six feet under, we're corpse. And because your sinful nature was not yet cut away, then God made you alive for Christ. He forgave all of our sins. Beautiful picture of baptism. He canceled the records of debts, the record of charges against us, and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. Jesus is saying, I'm gonna take your debt, I'm gonna nail it to the cross, but it is up to you to accept that free gift of salvation. Some of you in this room, MasterCard gave you a unlimited credit limit, gave you free will. Are you connecting the dots? And you bought yachts and you bought mansions and you bought a spaceship and you bought it all. And you lost it all in a poker match and you owe billions, you'll never be able to pay it back. MasterCard's calling you though. And they're like, hey, I wanna forgive this debt. What do you gotta do? You gotta pick up the phone. And you're like, yes. Awesome. Right now, Jesus is calling some of you, some of you watching online, some of our campuses and calling your name saying, I forgive you your debt. You got to accept my free gift. If that's you, I just want to pray a simple prayer. I want to put words behind the feelings that you are feeling right now. So if that's you, you're ready to step into a new life with Christ. Will you pray with me? So Father, I am blown away by your sacrifice for me. I am broken and in desperate need of a savior. So I'm picking up the phone right now and I'm saying, thank you so much. I accept the free gift of salvation. I repent of my sins. I turn to your ways. And right now, Jesus, I am giving you my life. I am choosing to follow you the rest of my life. Thank you for your sacrifice and thank you, Jesus, for rising again so that I can have an eternal life with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, if you pray that prayer, I promise you right now, all of heaven and Emmanuel Church is celebrating with you right now. Congratulations. We do have something called a save box. Things awesome in here is a new believer's Bible. There's next steps. There's a coffee mug. To get this, you got to text save to 65248. And then go to your lobby, pick this up. If you're online, give us a little more information. I'll call you this week and just walk with you on this new journey of faith. But tech saved this 65248. Can we give it up one more time for everyone who made the decision to follow Jesus? Well, thank you so much for being here. We're going to continue our series next week. I'm going to toss it to our local teams in just a second. But let me just say this. If you're struggling with this bitterness journey, it's hard. I know it is. Our campus pastors, all of our campus pastors, they would love to talk with you and walk with you on this journey. So let me pray for you and I'll pass it to our local team. So Father... Forgiveness is hard, but we need your help. I love in John where you say you breathed on the disciples the Holy Spirit and then you said, go and forgive. So God, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. When we make those phone calls this afternoon, we need your help. God, we need you. Help us to get rid of this luggage of bitterness in our lives. We love you so much. Thank you for your sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna pass it now to our local team.